0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, everyone. I'm Rosemary Bova, and welcome to Seeking Synergy. Although I've been a speaker and featured guest on other podcasts, this is the first time that I am hosting. I must say, I'm excited to be branching out into the podcasting world. I've often received comments after speaking engagements, like I would have never thought of putting those items together. Actually, I've heard comments like that throughout my lifetime. My partner and I, the artist Daniel Swanigan Snow, used to joke about us being late bloomers. Well, we're now people of a certain age, and here I am, jumping into the deep water to try something totally new. I consider myself both a coach and consultant, The new term for that is coach salting, which is kind of gets stuck in your mouth, to tell you the truth. But I have been a a consultant and coach who has worked with Fortune 100 companies for over 30 years. I'm a proponent of an area of study called requisite organization, which is the work of Dr. Elliot Jacks which is a bit different, that focuses really on the right structure for your company, the right people in the right roles, and the right systems and processes to ensure that all goes well. I'm also a feminist, a seeker, and lifelong student. As I mentioned earlier, I've sent out newsletters probably over the last 15 years or so. And they, they allow me to weave together my expertise in management and behavior, but also my interests in spirituality and other realms. This first session of Seeking Synergy with me is intended to provide you with a, what I would call a drone strategic overview of what you might expect of, of me, of my business B, and my various other interests during these podcasts. So let me tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've been self-employed as a consultant. I've had, I've always been a generalist. And even though the world has moved to specialization, I still see myself as a generalist. I see the whole system and I see the interconnectedness of different aspects of large scale work systems. Now in smaller businesses, I might really be focusing just on helping the owner-manager to manage more effectively. But the requisite organization principles really fit much more effectively with large-scale work systems. The field of organization development first attracted me when i was early in my career what attracted me about organization development was the fact that at that time it was described as a like a continuous loop similar to what edwards deming had talked about about continually looking at how effective the business is and making changes to tweak it to be even more effective more profitable, and more engaging for its employees. When I got out of undergraduate school, I had changed my major about four times. At that time, paths for women were not as robust and opportunistic as they are today. When I was in school, you could either be a teacher, a nurse, perhaps a social worker. There were really very few options for women who wanted a career. I had grown up in a family of uh, second-generation Italian-American immigrants. They were from Southern Italy. And my father had a small business, and he would come home at night and would talk about what was going on in his business at the dinner table. And, you know, my family and I, we would really just discuss business a lot. We'd also discuss discuss what was going on in the world. So current events were important to us. And so I was a seeker from very young age. And I wanted to, I just didn't want to get myself stuck. I knew that teaching elementary school was not for me. I knew that nursing was not for me. I really did not know much about social. In fact, when I graduated from Brooklyn College, I had sought work on Wall Street, and I had gone to a number of interviews. And I remember being asked, well, don't you want to have children? Don't you want to be married and have a family? And I would nonchalantly say to them, well, what does that have to do with doing the work? To me, it was like it was a no-brainer. There's, what does one thing have to do with the other? Obviously, I didn't get these jobs. I think people saw in me perhaps a brazenness that I had not seen in myself. To me, I was just being matter-of-fact and, you know, speaking my truth so it it so I didn't get those jobs. I went back to a professor at Brooklyn College and she had been a labor mediator. And I talked to her about like, you know, what do you think I should be doing? I don't know what I should be doing. And she said, well, why don't you go into social work? So that led me into this trajectory. The Human Resource Administration was giving exams. You know, these were civil service exams you could take. I took the exam. I passed the exam. I Got assigned to a training unit. And I remember everybody saying to me, Oh my Rosemary, you got so and so as a training. Director. Too bad. He is so difficult. Well, truthfully, I didn't find him difficult at all because what he taught me was invaluable for the next few years that I was at a caseworker and then a supervisor at the you know what was then called the welfare department in new york city and there were different centers i actually became a supervisor very quickly i had a great boss once i went up for, from the training unit onto the the main floor i had actually two great bosses and they taught me how wonderful the manager subordinate relationship could really be when somebody really wanted to help you be your best. And that has stayed with me throughout my career, because I really do believe that the animosity or the adversarialness that exists between employees and managers is does us more harm than, than positivity. And yet it can be a very positive working relationship. It can be one of the most satisfying relationships a worker can have with a manager who understands the importance of, of assigning tasks to the individual of helping that individual grow, empowering them to seek opportunities within the organization and to serve their clients. Well, so, I, it, was, it was while I was at the, the welfare center that a number of my peers and colleagues started talking about something called social work school. I had no idea what that was. And I asked, I mean, I did get the courage enough to say, you know, well, what schools give social work degrees and what is it? And there were about five schools in New York at the time. Columbia was one of them. And at that moment in time, I said to myself, I had always dreamed of going to an Ivy League school. I had gone to city school. And I said, well, I'll just apply to Columbia. My friends thought I was absolutely nuts because each of them applied to three to five schools. Everybody got into something. And I got into Columbia. And I have to say, my first semester, I was rather intimidated. And we were, the school was at the Carnegie Mansion on ninety fifth 91st Street and 5th Avenue in Manhattan. Gorgeous place. And that first year was the awakening, the blossoming of Rosemary Bova. After I, I finished school, I had a wonderful social policy professor who I think, who died actually maybe a year and a half after I finished my master's degree. And had he remained alive, I think I would have had a very different trajectory in my career. But be that as it may, I networked with other people and used some of the professors at Columbia to guide me. And they guided me to a woman who was really quite an activist in in her life. And she knew about a job that was available at this small consulting not-for-profit that was consulting to school districts of the Board of Education, as well as to high schools and programs that were being offered in the districts. And I, I got the job. I became a, a supervising person for that for someone that was at Fordham University, School of Social. In fact, that's how I met Dan, my life partner. And but we also we also grew the business and we I when when our executive director wanted to move on to something that was her dream, I was able to step into her shoes. And I was there for a number of years. I think it was about five years. And we, we actually closed down the agency. There were a number of unusual occurrences that had happened. I had heard a, a professor from Harvard speak about life cycles of organizations, particularly smaller organizations. And it made total sense to me. And these unusual occurrences I, I resonated with, and I, I knew I was getting ready for something different. I knew my board probably could not withstand another change in executive directorship. And the, the world changed also because when the organization had been started, money was flowing to people, to adults who were serving children. And that shifted in the, I don't know, the 10 years that the organization was around to the fact that people wanted to serve children directly and not serve the adults that serve the children. So I recommended to our board that we close down the organization. We were in the black. We were not not struggling. We were in the black. I said, you know, let's just close down. And this way, all of the board members could go on to something that they had much more energy for. And it enabled all of us, it was like a win-win. It was a both end. We had completed our work and my staff all got wonderful jobs. In fact, one went to social work school and the board also went on to apply their talents and initiative to other organizations. So, you know, that work was very satisfying when I think about it. You know, I think back on that and I say, how many people would have done that way back when? Uh, But I did. I continued the contract, the one contract that we had. And during, just by happenstance, I met someone who was running a management training unit in in a major insurance industry in New York, major insurance company. I met her, we met for lunch. She offered me a job on the spot. It was like, I was really kind of overwhelmed. And I remember calling up, I remember walking on Avenue of the Americas in the, in the fifties. And I had a cousin who who worked at ABC. He was a senior person at ABC. And I called him up and I said, you know, can I come up and talk to you right now? (laughs) And he said, fine. And I did. And he said, you have nothing to lose, Rosemary. Go for it. And so I took that job. And within a few years, I became her peer because of a major reorganization. And I built a small consultancy within the pension line of business of this insurance company. I love that work. It was so satisfying. And only to say that, you know, years later, I mean, I did management training. I did conflict resolution work with senior executives. I did introduction to more minorities and women to come into the company. I was, people used to say to me, you know, you're a breath of fresh air because I was one of the few people who didn't grow up in the institution. I came in at a high level from the outside with existing expertise. And it was wonderful. It was really very exciting. I must say that, you know, when my when my boss's job was vacant, I never even dreamed of applying for it. I don't know why, for whatever reason, it wasn't meant to be. Someone who, from another part of the company who had lost her job, had asked me for help and advice and I did provide her with, but she never told me she was applying for that job, became my boss. And she was very traditional, very political, and very traditional in you know, you do not speak to your boss's boss unless you speak to me kind of traditional when i say that which is very stifling and long story short my role was became obsolete was outplaced and that's when i started my business and you know i had a number of clients from the company and i felt that i was on the right trajectory and it enabled me to do things in a way to explore my interests So, you know, that's when, you know, Joseph Campbell was giving workshops and I went to them and people were, people were doing programs for women that I went to. And it's been a lifelong, very rich, uh, very robust experience. So all that to say, I'm probably not for everyone but I am probably for those people who have that little spark in them that says there must be something more. And how might I go about getting that something more? And I welcome you to join me in seeking synergy. I hope you'll come along on this journey with me. I can be reached at info at bova I have a landline, how about that, 212-685-0870, that is my office line. You can text me on my cell phone, 917-653-7941, or you can find me on LinkedIn as Rosemary Bova or on Facebook and Twitter at Bova Enterprises, Inc., So there are many ways that you can get in touch with me. I welcome your comments, your ideas for topics for Seeking Synergy. And I look forward to this journey with you. Thank you so much. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.